Hello, my friends, and welcome to PM School, an educational platform for women entrepreneurs aspiring to start, scale, and exit epic businesses. I'm your host, Steph Caldwell, businesswoman by day, personal development author, founder, and investor by PM. Come with me each episode as we go behind the scenes with epic entrepreneurs and with the epic experts who support them along their way. So grab your glass of wine, grab your biz bestie, because it is about to get real. Are you ready? Pull up your seat because class is in session. Well, hello, my friends. I'm so excited to welcome you back for another episode of PM School. And today we have a little bit of a special treat. So I sit down with one of my dear friends and fellow boss babes here in Chicago, Lauren Tierney, who is the host of the Life Snacks podcast, if you've ever tuned in. And this week, we actually talk a little bit about, not a little bit about, we dive headfirst into our own exploration of crypto, blockchain, NFT land, and the metaverse. And really the reason why we decided to do this episode is because separately, we had been getting into the space, doing research on the space, investigating both use cases and and how we wanted to participate. And when we found each other, we realized, oh my gosh, like you're into this too. And it felt a lot more fun to be able to have a person to go back and forth with, to ask questions to, to just engage with as it relates to the wild, wild west world of Web3. And so anyway, after a few kind of conversations um, over glasses of wine on my end, (laughs) but mainly voice messages back and forth, we came up with this idea what if we did an episode just to kind of put our knowledge on the table out on display for all of you guys who may be crypto curious or exploring the space or maybe like us, just kind of basement dwellers that think we're doing it alone and learning about it alone, um, but really crave community so that we could share what we've learned, share our experiences, share our ideas, and ultimately just connect with you, listener, the person listening to this who may have never heard about this stuff before, maybe just not totally tuned into it, and really just start the conversation with you. So anyway, this is a really uh, fun episode. It was really fun to sit down with Lauren and, and talk through these things and share them. Uh, it's also one of those episodes where we're like, hmm, you know, what What will people think? So anyway, without further ado, here's my episode with Lauren Tierney, the host of Life Snacks podcast. And I hope you enjoy it. I hope you get value out of it. And I hope that if and when you do, that you'll let me know that you tuned into this specific episode and tell me what your next steps are going to be, if you have any. Also, just a, a quick plug We do mention this on the episode, but we are going to be hosting a crypto meetup for women in Chicago, super casual, just a coffee date on the last Saturday in April to come together IRL and talk about everything that is happening on the URLs. Okay. I'm going to stop being cheesy now. Here is my episode with Lauren. 
excited to have this conversation. This is going to be great. I'm, I'm like so happy that we found each other in this weird world of the wild, wild west and that we are going to share our secrets with, uh, with people. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there are secrets, but I'm trying to find out everyone else's secrets in the space. Uh-huh. So it's an evolving, it's an evolving door. But I feel like I'm so happy we're having this conversation. And so many more women need to be having this conversation because it's not as scary as most of us think. So I think this will be an impactful episode. I completely agree. I, there was um, an awesome event that you had told me about a couple of weeks ago um, with Britt Marin and her new community of BFFs. And the first thing she said at the event was like, when you're a woman in crypto, the first rule is don't talk about being a woman in crypto. And of course, like we both know this, like less than 4% of women, yeah. or it's like 19% of women invest in, in crypto or something like that. And so it's kind of crazy that a lot of us exist and yet like don't talk about it. I feel like scared, like uncomfortable to bring it up in rooms that you know most people probably aren't in this space because it's almost like you're worried that you're going to get judged in a room full of women that don't talk about it, but in a room full of men, I'm worried to bring it up because I don't feel like I know enough to bring it up. And I think that's like the catch 22 that hopefully we can debunk today too and kind of talk about why we're interested in the space and why we should all be fucking talking about it. Yeah, I completely agree. It's that you said it so perfectly. Like, you're either afraid because you're going to be the only person that's doing it or you're afraid because you're doing it, but you think others are are doing it better or no more or whatever it is. And so it just like makes you kind of a basement dweller in the space. Yeah. You're like just doing it alone. Yeah, I feel like that's how I feel still in some Discord channels, which we'll talk about later. But I'm like, whoa, all these people are doing all these things. Like I'm in the channel, but I'm like, I don't know how to contribute totally yet. And I think that's the best part of getting in these spaces and learning because so many people are at different places in the space. But I think, especially women, everyone wants to help you succeed. Everyone wants to help you learn. And there are no stupid questions. I totally agree. One of the like stupid questions that I feel I have, though, is there are so many words and terms and it's it's sometimes reading the Discord channels feel like reading a foreign language. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So maybe to start here at Lauren, like how did you how did you even find your way into crypto or like this this space? It's so interesting because I feel like especially in my family, everyone was talking about buying Ethereum and buying Solana and all these coins and shit. Probably like over a year ago, probably two years ago, slowly, but I was similarly like a basement dweller in my family group chat. <laughs> I was like, oh shoot, should I? I'm like, should I be doing that? And that was really what like opened the door for me. And then I think I just started to be interested when I realized how much freaking money people are making in this space. And then me being me, I got super fired up because I found out how few women are in the space and how much money is being made. And I'm like, great, this is happening again in a new space. Like we know about the gender pay gap. We know how few women are even investing in the stock market and we're doing it again. No, like this can't happen. And I don't want all these men to get rich and us to get left behind. And that's when I, my wheels really started turning. And I was like, okay, what do I need to do to get involved in this space? And what was like step one for you? Step one for me was, I mean, setting up a Coinbase, but also just like starting to read about it and listen to podcasts about it. Um, Bankless is a good podcast. It's a little bit more 
intense. And at first I started listening to Bankless and I was like, oh, and I, st I still don't get it. Um, but if you go back to actually their first episodes, they walk you through like step one of crypto. And then Crypto Girls is my new favorite podcast because they they think like me. They're like, okay, so explain that. What is that word? And they really break it all down and demystify the space because I think for me at first, I thought it was so complicated and it's really not that complicated. It's just like, you have to ask the questions. There's a learning curve with anything. So that's my long-winded answer. But my first step was definitely setting up a Coinbase and a wallet and just getting curious. I think the first step for anyone here is just to get curious because if there's all these people doing it, I promise you, you can do it too. And it's not that hard. What about you, Steph? What made you get interested in the space? And what was your first step? Uh, you have a good story. You have to tell your, your story. <laughs> so I remember like literally it was 2016 and I had just started this company um, and there was this, <laughs> this is going to sound so absurd, but like really, really handsome guy that I worked <laughs> with. And we would always be on calls together because he was basically like my counterpart in sales. And I remember one day we were, you know, either debriefing a client meeting or preparing for a client meeting. And he brought up something related to Bitcoin. And I was like, I've heard so much about that. Tell me more. And I learned that he'd like invested since the early days and basically like had become a millionaire and he got to retire by 27. And I was like, um, <laughs> what? Like, I want, I want to retire. Um, and so I kind of asked him to point me in the direction of a resource. And I found this book, The Blockchain Revolution, which just totally, I mean, I'm telling you guys, it's like probably like the driest book you'll ever read. I think it's 40 hours long on Audible. Oh, my God. But like that's I'm a fact finder at heart. And so I needed to know just about the space and the technology and the infrastructure in order to feel comfortable even asking questions. Um, and so I guess like for me, it was um, asking one question and then doing a fair amount of self-study. And then after I finished that book, I'm telling you guys, I was like, holy shit. So when I bought into Bitcoin, it was uh, I guess trading, if that's the right term, mm -hmm. at sixteen hundred dollars. Um, for context, for the listener, if you guys don't know and haven't been tracking, it got up to I want to say like sixty-seven thousand per coin at some point over the last year or two, and now I think it's trading around forty thousand per coin. But I mean, imagine that you were the person like my colleague who invested in Bitcoin when it was five dollars, and you saw that kind of growth. I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And to me, it's like, generationally speaking, these new inventions come along kind of like once in a generation. For our grandparents, it was like an automobiles and planes. Right? Yeah. For our parents, it was computers. For us, it's the decentralization of money. And that's freaking crazy to me. Um, and so anyway, my first step was reading a book. And then starting to have conversations and back in 2016, like as a woman it, interested in this space, even my guy friends looked at me like I was crazy. And so I just kind of like closed the book on it and damn it, like it actually hurts me to say that I, that I did because there was so much upside that I personally missed out on because I didn't have a community around me. And so anyway, when you and I started talking about this, I was like, oh my gosh, a person a person who cares and has the same questions that I do that I can connect with and learn about this space with because it's really hard to do it alone. So anyway, like if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, hmm, interesting, like text a friend. Yeah, I think just don't be afraid to bring up that you're interested 
Because from my personal experience, now that I've been sharing that I'm interested, a lot of guys don't know shit. So like, they don't even want to talk about it with you. They're like, oh, Lauren didn't know you were into crypto. And it's like, (laughs) well, everyone's making a lot of money here. And there's so many interesting things happening out of outside of just making money and like decentralized finance. Like I know for both of us, we are big in community building. And I think some of the strongest communities I've seen built this fast are in this space. And that's what also speaks to me because there's a lot of different ways to build communities now, but this is just a different level of support that I don't usually see amongst women. Yeah. So to like break down a few concepts for the listener. Yeah. So because you don't really need to know the deep, dirty details of everything, there's maybe like a few terms that we should make people aware of. So there's the blockchain, which is like the infrastructure. There's the currencies. You've probably heard Bitcoin. You've probably heard Ethereum. You've probably heard of these things. And then there's communities. There's applications and there's assets being built on top of these things. Yeah, I think a key term you've probably heard a lot about too is NFTs. I personally was like, why are people paying hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars sometimes for a JPEG? I was like, <laughs> well, this is this is stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, the, I was definitely looking at the space at first and I was like, this is just silly. But I think the coolest part of an NFT is that they're bridging in real life and digital experiences. And NFT stands for non-fungible token for someone that may not be aware. But essentially, some of these NFTs are tickets to join a community, to go to an event in person, to really offer someone ownership of their experience and to offer brands the ability to own their communities and networks in a way that someone on Instagram Instagram can't do. Like you could be an influencer with a million followers, but you don't own that. That could go away tomorrow. And we value this blue check mark on Instagram, right? If someone's verified. Think of an NFT like that. Like you look at someone that's verified, it's the same thing. Like we do value these digital assets. NFTs are just approaching them in a totally different way that gives you full ownership and no one can take them away from you. Yeah. Maybe for the listener, this is the way I like to break down the difference between like the coins, the currencies, and then the NFTs. So coins are what they would say like fungible tokens. Yeah. But basically it's like cash. Imagine like I have a dollar, Lauren has a dollar, we trade dollars. Like we don't actually give a crap. Like it's just we both have a dollar still. However, let's say that I have a Picasso and Lauren has a Monet and we trade. Now Lauren has the Picasso and I have the Monet. And that's not really like important here, except that is what NFTs are. They're non-fungible tokens, meaning like a Picasso is a Picasso, a Monet is a Monet. It's not like cash where we can trade it and feel like there was an even exchange. There's a difference of value because of its association with the artist or something like that. And so um, anyway, what what I get really excited about when I think about like these NFTs, these digital assets is the like the exact use cases Lauren was talking about, like having ownership in the early days of something that could one day become like a Picasso. <laughs> it's similarly like you used to collect 
Beanie Babies or whatever, baseball cards and every, like certain cards were worth more because they were more rare, right? It's a similar concept. And I think what is going to be really interesting, like think about it this way. Let's say you went to the first U2 concert when they were performing to 100 people underground. But let's say that ticket that you may have saved and laminated or whatever, that's an NFT. So then that lives on on the blockchain for everyone to see that you were the first person that ever went to a U2 concert or whatever. So I look at it in the sense that because the blockchain is public, everyone can see it. Instead, like let's say 10 years from now, instead of looking stuff up when I meet her on Instagram, I'm gonna look at her wallet and be like, oh my God, I'm super into XYZ too. She's gonna be like, I was at the U2 concert too. Like whatever it is, it's gonna be a different way of really like tracking humans and following our interests and owning our experiences digitally and in person. Yeah, I think one of the the things that really started to shift my mindset around acquiring NFTs because I was like you, Lauren, I was like, why the hell do people want to own a yeah. virtual JPEG? Like that's it so sounded dumb. so silly. <laughs> Is being able to share it with 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 your friends. And so right now we're kind of at this space in NFT land where like I can go and acquire like pretty JPEGs online and I can put them into my wallet, but I don't really have a place to present them. Um, to like invite Lauren into my space and to show her like all of these beautiful pieces of art that I've acquired. So this kind of brings us to another topic, which is like the metaverse, which I know you guys have heard of. And a lot of people, I think, liken it to The Sims, right? We played The Sims computer game when we grew up and we could create these beautiful virtual environments where you could fill them with kind of your preferences. And if you ever played The Sims, I know I was obsessed with it. Like, imagine you were designing a bathroom. Well, that bathroom could have, like, one vanity. It could have a different vanity. It could have a third vanity. And, like, each of us had our own preferences. Like, I like the wood vanity, and you might like the porcelain vanity. NFTs are kind of, like, the same. And what the metaverse does is allows us to create these virtual online spaces where you can invite your real-life friends into and, like, showcase all of your art. So um, I think it's, like, when I think about waking up 10, 20 years from now, like we're already living in this world where like technology is blended, like URL is blended with our IRL lives. And that's only going to continue to happen. And so what NFTs and the metaverse present together is the opportunity to kind of feature your virtual life in the same way that like you feature your real life when friends come to your apartment or come to your your home and and walk around and see your art and see your your taste and your likes. Yeah. I think it's interesting because I think people were like, no one's going to live in the metaverse. We're not going to have a Sims game, but I don't think it's going to be one or the other. It's going to be both. And I know this is this kind of off topic, but like the Oculus goggles were the number one selling Christmas gift this year. Like people are already doing it in some respect. I think it's just going to escalate in a way that we really see utility and tons of companies are going to come out with ways to showcase your life in this virtual world, which is basically what you do on Instagram already. So it's not that different. It's just a, a reframe in how you're going to show up. Yeah. I was thinking about use cases this morning in preparation for this recording. And one of the biggest challenges that I have at work right now, leading a team of people who are doing something very challenging, is because of the pandemic, everybody went remote. 
And because we're remote, typically, like when we're collaborating, we're collaborating via Zoom. Yep. And while we can do screen shares and kind of problem solve together, like nothing can replace to me the ability to be in a conference room with somebody and whiteboard, like a live blown whiteboard. And then I thought about, well, how would the future of work look different in the metaverse? And it would it would be this instead of joining a Zoom call or maybe it still is offered by the provider Zoom, but you kind of jump into a virtual world where you can whiteboard together. Like imagine that that was possible and imagine how much more efficient and effective you'd be in your workplace if you could just be like, hey, let's virtually jump on this whiteboard real quick. But it felt like it was in person. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like those blended experiences that we have where it's like really us, but we're doing things that we used to do in the physical world together. But in the metaverse makes life more efficient. It makes like things like traveling to see a colleague cheaper. Um, It has like so many implications. And so I get really excited about like those real life use cases where right now how we're interacting with Web2 is just letting us down in some ways. Yeah, I think it'd be valuable to kind of share with the listeners what the difference between Web 2 and Web 3 is, at least in our eyes. Do you want to share a little bit about that, Steph? Yeah, I. this is not an original idea. Somebody, somebody else said this. I'm regurgitating their concept. But they said, like, Web 2 is really about being owned, mm-hmm. whereas Web 3 is about owning your experience. So to put that more clearly, you guys know anytime you go to a website, somebody drops a cookie on your computer or on your kind of virtual presence and then follows you around from site to site. So you receive advertisements for the sites that you followed. Well, think of that as like you're being owned, right? Like advertisers own you on the Internet and you don't own your data. And um, and that has obviously so many implications, whereas in Web3, like you are the owner of your digital experience, at least currently. I'm sure that there will be masterizations of yeah, this coming. who knows? I think it's, it's interesting looking at Web3 because there's endless possibilities right now. And like Steph and I don't know, and even the smartest person in Web3, maybe they know more than us, but no one knows exactly where this is going to go. But we do know that it's a $10 trillion plus industry that's growing at an insane speed. And we saw Web2 grow quickly, relatively speaking, but what the speed Web3 is growing at is going, we're going to see massive adoption and change in the next few months, years, and there's really no telling the types of things that will be created on this kind of platform in the next five years. And I think that's what's so cool because there's so much ownership, like why not you? Why not me? Why not all of us learn about this space and get involved and own this next generation of the internet? Yeah, there was a really, really interesting stat that I, I read this week. We've talked a lot about NFTs on this podcast. The global NFT market grew to $41 billion in 2025, and it's growing rapidly. There's some projections that say it's going to hit $80 billion by 2025, higher than that. It's just huge market growing rapidly, brand new, and it's just a slice of the total world of Web3 that's now open to all of us. Yeah, there's some really incredible NFT communities focused around women. Um, One use case that I listened to on a podcast this week was less women-focused, but just interesting because it kind of bridged art, celebrities, IRL, and URL. 
And it was basically a project that Justin Bieber was actually involved in. If you go to his Instagram, you'll see his profile photo, I think, I believe is still an NFT. It's like the bear or whatever the project was, but they're working with, they worked with him on this launch, right? And they made tons of money selling these NFTs. But the cool thing is people that hold these NFTs are going to get permissions to Justin Bieber later on, whether it's VIP at his concert, early access to shows, meet and greets with him. Like there's a lot of pieces you can tie into this. So not only do you own this dope piece of art that Justin Bieber also owns, you can really benefit from a community you find through it and from access and real life activations. So the way that I think about this, like translating the world of Web 2 to the world of Web 3 is like on Web 2 on Instagram, Lauren and I are constantly like posting about our favorite brands, right? Mm -hmm. We all know that Lauren loves snacks. Duh. <laughs> I was always sharing about her favorite snacks. I love Good American. I'm always sharing about yeah. their clothing and, and uh, Ritual Hot Yoga. Well, imagine a world where um, similar to, I guess, how influencers like typically get paid on Web 2 right now, instead of getting paid a certain dollar amount for sharing a brand online, you actually get ownership into that brand. That's the equivalent of owning an NFT. Like, so kind of playing this out, why would Steph Caldwell continue to just share for free about her favorite brands on Instagram when she could buy a digital asset that grows in value over time that would give her special access to the types of communities that she wants into. Yeah, and that's case in point, like you own your experience with the brand, the brand, like, and you become kind of this one in the digital, in the crypto world versus you, you're promoting the brand for free when you're on Instagram or something like that. And you become part of this community, which is just so powerful in a new way to connect that I don't think brands has, have ever leveraged before now. And I mean, think about it from the brand perspective too. So like there's the consumer perspective, which is yeah. I want ownership in this brand. And then there's also the brand perspective. Brands exist to serve their customers for profit. And not only is this a way to like build super fans because they can now take ownership into your community, into your brand asset that you're creating, but it allows brands a deeper level of connection with their consumer. So maybe to that end, there's this like amazing community of women coming together. It's like Mila Kunis, Gwyneth Paltrow, Paltrow. like Reese Witherspoon, all of these badass chicks. And one of the communities that they're surrounding is this BFF community, which is started by this, this woman, Britt Marin. So they just did kind of their first community event where all of these women that are, women that are crypto curious came together. And what they did was they launched an NFT, this BFF bracelet. Now you can kind of like see that NFT on OpenSea. You can take a screenshot of it, right? And you like technically have a digital bracelet that is a screenshot. But imagine you buy into that project. Imagine you buy into that community. What they give you is like private access to more information on the space, to more women in the space, yeah. to kind of the opportunity to really engage with their community on a deep, deep level and have ownership in where that community goes. Yeah, I watched the replay, didn't attend live, the BFF event. And it was incredible how many women showed up. Like there are women like you listening that just saw about this event and was like, shit, I'm crypto curious. And I think that's how so many of us feel. Um, there's another community called Boys Club and I'm obsessed with the concept just because the name is epic, uh -huh. Boys Club. It's just a, such a great cheeky play on words. 
but they're doing a ton of real life events in New York. And I saw videos from one of their events where there was a panel, everyone was learning, but then like everyone was dancing and it was just like a group of women like having a fucking time. And I think that's what makes it fun. Like stop looking at these things like they need to be challenging or boring because they're not. It's fun. It's interesting. And it's an opportunity to connect with new people, new women, new people that might be interested in what or that might be interested in similar things to you. Or that could be your next job opportunity or business partner or friend. And I think there's so much more to the space. I saw a stat that only, what was it? 5% of NFT creators are female. So that's that's tiny, guys. Like there's so much growth in this space. And I just think with communities like Boys Club, BFF, Crypto Chicks, Boss Beauties, like there's so many opportunities to really connect with a badass community and to learn. I completely agree. And for context for the listener, so Lauren and I started like going back and forth on this. We're like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, there's like so much money to be made, so much opportunity. And then we kind of collectively agreed, like, what if we just made it fun? Yeah. What if we just made exploring this space fun about connecting with other dope women? (laughs) Before we ran away with all of our business ideas, we're like, wait, what if we made this our hobby, our interest and and like allow it to be fun? Uh huh. And I think it just makes it so much more accessible when you're like, you take a different approach and attitude to this. Yeah. Like it gets to be fun. And also the space is fun. Like yeah. people are very playful and so willing to connect and help you learn and provide you with resources. Yeah, absolutely. I think this space is honestly one of the most fun space because it's the most creative people. Like in Las Vegas in a few weeks, there's a music festival happening called After Party. It's the world's first NFT-gated music festival. Kid Leroy, the Chainsmokers, like it's going to be epic. It's an art festival as well. And the concept behind the brand is actually from an NFT group called After Party. And they have like a, a house in LA where people have these NFTs and they can go to the parties at the house and get all these accesses. And it seems really dope and really fun. And I think that's kind of the lens to take on this. Like there's, you could be super into decentralized finance and learning all that, or you could take the approach that it's interesting, it's fun, and you'd love to make a little bit of money and you don't want to get left behind. Yeah, I totally agree. I um, bought my first NFT the other weekend and Lauren knows this. And my husband was like, Steph, like it's literally, it's a, it's a box that spins and it's pretty. Um, that is the only reason why I bought it. It was like fairly cheap. My husband's like, Steph, what the F are you going to do with this box that spins? And I was like, I don't know, like maybe one day I'll just like project it on the TV and it'll be like art, you know, like it doesn't have to be that serious. It doesn't have to be, it just gets to be fun. Yeah. And to that point, you can just try stuff. Like Steph really just wanted to buy an FTT to like go through the process, to try it, to buy something cool. It doesn't have to be so serious. There's so many ways to get your feet wet. And these communities that we've shared about, like BFF, um, Boys Club, they have Discord communities and Discord or Discord channels. And Discord channels, think of like Slack or group chat, right? They're basically like group chats for communities where you can learn, you can connect with people in your area to learn from them. There's so much community happening here. And I think, let's say you're afraid to set up your Coinbase or your wallet or any of that even get in the community, start asking questions, get curious, maybe lurk the communities just at first. <laughs> like there's so much going on and it's literally the click of a button to enter enter a Discord community on many cases. So allow yourself to be curious about it. Mm-hmm. I totally, totally agree. And I think 
we talked about this a little bit earlier in the episode, but like when you join these discord communities and people are bringing up terms that you frankly have like no clue what they mean, Google it or reach out to the person that posted the term and be like, hey, can you help me understand like every like we are in the wild, wild west. Like imagine that this were like a time when like a new language was being invented, like you wouldn't know the words and it would be totally acceptable for you to be like, what does that word mean? Um, so, yeah, just get get curious. Um, one of the ways that that I've like personally gotten involved is Lauren has like so many amazing podcasts that she's always sending around. I just like listen to a podcast, go and find that person on Instagram or on TikTok, follow them, see like where their link takes me, explore their website, sign up for an email list, get involved in the discord. And then like you just kind of start to pick up on these things that people are talking about and the evolution. Yeah. I would say that social media of Web3 and crypto is Twitter. So I didn't have a Twitter until recently. Like I had one, but I never <laughs> used it. I like refired it up and started following some really cool people in the space. And that's when a lot of people are just sharing about news in the space or new projects or learning or honestly, like there's a lot of funny crypto memes. Like mm -hmm. it's just interesting to look about how the space is evolving differently. Like Twitter, not Instagram, Discord. This is a whole new type of platform. So just get curious in the space, set up your accounts, join some things and allow yourself the space to learn. Like you don't need to learn by tomorrow. Just maybe log on and do some lurking every day. You maybe dive into a lesson or two on how to set up a Coinbase. I'll link some resources. We can link resources in the show notes, but there's so many tutorials on just how to get started that are are so simple. So, so, so simple. Um, so there's no need to be intimidated by the space. I completely agree. And I also think like there's a lot of FOMO culture around like accessing cryptocurrency right now like coinbase is it's like setting up a chase account it's like, easier it's so yeah <laughs> it's like if you have a gmail you can authenticate automatically and literally just link your bank account to your coinbase account. It's, it's like another version of a bank account and once you move a couple of dollars and it doesn't have to be a lot of money it could be like 100 bucks it could be 50 bucks whatever you have once you move it into coinbase you can start participating in in this whole world, because you do have to have like cryptocurrency in order to participate, which is, you know, interesting and, and kind of creates just like one gate that you have to get through in order to access everything. Yeah. To that point, you can set up a Coinbase, which is what I use. A lot of people use. There's multiple platforms for it. And then when you buy crypto, right, you might buy Bitcoin and Ethereum. That's what I would recommend buying first. Um, that is step one. And then there's a wallet. So there's basically two pieces here. And Steph, you have a good analogy for this, but it's like your Coinbase account is your Wells Fargo and your wallet is your cash. So your cash is like, you're in the space, you can spend it on stuff, you can start kind of playing around. So you want both of those two pieces and you can set them both up together in 20 minutes. It's not tough, um, but knowing there's two pieces to it and the wallet really allows you to have some fun and play. Yeah, totally. So imagine, okay, you set up your Wells Fargo account, you go to the ATM, you take out some cash, right? That's So that's your wallet. And now you go to an art fair. The art fair is like platforms like OpenSea and Rarible where you can literally check out art and then give your cash to those artists so that you get their, their assets. These assets come in the form of JPEGs and other like digital files. Um, but once you have them, you can feature them in your wallet. So imagine that like Lauren and I are hanging out and I'm like, Lauren, like I heard you went to this art fair. What did you buy? Um, she could show me kind of in her in her wallet what she bought 
Totally. There's so many things you can buy to or use your money in with apps and other things that are happening on Web3, but I think that's a great use case. I know something you and I have both done is buy our ENS domain. Um, I bought Lauren Tierney. Thank God it's still available <laughs> for the first time ever. All my accounts are Lauren D. Tierney. I finally got Lauren Tierney. Um, but it's interesting. Like, just play around with it. Allow yourself to be curious. It's There's a lot of different things to explore once you just take that first step to set things up. Mm-hmm. So speaking of that, we wanted to make it like really actionable, this podcast episode, which is why we're actually going to be hosting an event. Um, super, super low key, you guys. Like, don't get any ideas. Um, but basically a coffee meetup to bring women in Chicago um, in real life together to have conversations. And the conversations could take the form of like, tell me more, or it could take the form of like, okay, I'm going to try and set up my Coinbase. Can somebody like look over my shoulder and make sure that I do it right? Yeah. At any level, at any interest, like come to this meetup and just let yourself get curious and have the opportunity to learn because I think learning together is so much more fun than learning alone. And we all love community. We all love events. Like that's what Steph and I are so about with our podcasts and the platforms we've built over the last year for me and years for Steph. So I think this will be just a really powerful opportunity. And also, I feel like there's all these meetups in Chicago or all these meetups in New York, all these meetups in LA, all these meetups in Miami. So we want to bring the Web3 woman to Chicago. I totally agree, Lauren. Like women in Chicago need to be coming together. And I feel like Chicago is kind of like the overlooked city it of is. the U.S. It's, it's really like, not cool. Like we are America's heartland and <laughs> um, we're in these communities. And like Lauren said, like there's so many women coming together in New York and Denver and on, on the West Coast. But there's nobody that we have seen really doing this in Chicago. So we want to start bringing epic women together. Um, and so we are going to be hosting this coffee meetup at Nomad. Um, in Chicago, which is in River North, it's a woman-owned kind of co- coffee shop and like, um, I don't know, like marketplace. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's like cute women-owned brands there. You can buy cute stuff and get good, good treats and coffee. It's it's a great spot. It's so cute, and it's going to be Saturday, April thirtieth at ten a.m. So just come, open-minded, curious, excited to connect with some dope women. Yeah, like it's literally it's going to be so chill. It will be great and check out the link in the show notes to get started and kind of start your journey if you want to beforehand. Join some Discord. Just get allow yourself to get curious. I think that is my biggest piece of advice. Um, the Crypto Girls podcast is another great place to start. And the Bankless podcast. I feel like since you introduced me to that, I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I would say Crypto and Bankless or the Crypto Girls podcast and the Bankless podcast are probably the two best resources that I've found from the podcast space. Yeah, for sure. And then I will also say this, like if this really resonated and you can't come in April, like hit us up, DM us, ask us questions. Like we truly do want to connect mm-hmm. with more women that are thinking about this. You don't even have to be doing it. Just thinking, thinking about, about it. it. Let us know so we can connect with you. Absolutely. Lauren, I am, <laughs> we took them on a journey, didn't we? <laughs> we? We really did. We really did. Either you're like, this is cool. I'm glad someone's talking about that. Or you're like, wow, these girls are crazy. <laughs> but I hope you feel interested and open to the space. And this has just been a good place for you to get started. Yeah. Thanks for listening. See you guys. Thank you so much for being here. If you loved this podcast, and I truly hope you did, 
Make sure you're subscribed so you'll be the first to know every time we drop new episodes. And if you haven't already, head over to pmschoolpod.com and subscribe to our newsletter so we can keep you in the loop as we release new PM School resources, invites to events, and trips abroad. If you're feeling extra generous, please leave us a review because it really makes an impact on our ability to book epic guests and keep this mission in motion. Last but certainly not least, if you feel so moved, take a picture of yourself wherever you're listening and tell us what your biggest takeaways are by tagging us on Instagram at PM School Podcast. All right, until next time, go be epic. We see you. We support you. Cheers.